Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potter? Sky back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 259. Next one coming up on Monday will be episode 260. Pretty incredible after three seasons here. Today we have a very special guest bringing back on the podcast, and really not uh, not even a guest at this point. I think just part of the family will bring back one more time Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Chris, how are you feeling, brother? What's up, my man? Yeah, dude, always, uh, always ready to go go for uh, for fantasy football man so yeah another season happy uh happy we actually get this off a little bit nervous there obviously with COVID-19 happening so it's a good day I'm still nervous I honestly unfortunately do not feel like we're out of the woods yet but we are excited of course last night Thursday night football kicks off with a bang of course we got the weekend coming up here but man the last couple of days have been an onslaught with last minute injuries guys pulling up tight a lot of hamstrings a lot of quads Dudes did not have the general uh, preseason. Nope. You know, Lucas and Dwayne and I have been talking about it all week. They didn't have the preseason to kind of shake these things out, you know, run a couple of real sprints. Um, and all dude, I'm sudden, nervous. Yeah, dude, I'm nervous about, uh, you know, so I drafted C. I have a couple of shares of CEH. I'm nervous about that first hit, dude. Like a lot of these rookies are going to get first hits and, you know, they're going to be shook. So it's going to happen. I, I totally agree. And it's, it's going to be, it's interesting too. You know, we were talking about a lot of the positional battles as well, where, you know, I was a guy that was almost reaching for JK Dobbins all summer, mm, take yeah. him in the you know seventh round, sixth round, if I had to, whatever he comes in the season as the fourth running back. Like that has to be a typo, but what the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, it's like, crazy. Yeah. Is, is Jonathan Taylor going to be the guy is Marlon Mack going to, you know, Dwayne and, and Lucas talked about it on Tuesday that Marlon Mack's probably going to get maybe 15, 20 carries there's a world where Jonathan Taylor could get six touches for 15 yards. There's yeah, also a world 100%. where he gets six touches for 85 and two touchdowns, but we just yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Right. So it is going to be a yep. very, very interesting first weekend kicking off here. But what we're going to do today is have some fun. We're going to kick off the TCK pod listener league series. Now this is kind of a two part series that we're super excited to have you on. We'll have Josh on as well, who is actually kind of the, acting commissioner of the rookie league here for the tck pod uh, because lucas and i aren't actually in uh the rookie league there Dwayne is also there so those guys are kind of co-commissioning which is great but lucas and i are taking over the veterans league this year we have two leagues last year we just had the one of course and then chris we got connected last year for anybody listening who knows that you know we're homies at this point where our podcast and our, our our brothers within it are very close at this point but last year at this point we had just kind of connected um, you guys came in the listener league. We, we ran that out, of course, and, and uh, further connected on each other's podcast since then. But this is year two of the veterans TCK league. And then we have the rookie league as well. So what I'd like to do here is 
run through the veterans draft board and the rookie draft board. And we're just going to kind of crush through each team real quick. We're not going to go over every single pick, but we are going to just kind of highlight a couple of players, a couple of good picks, maybe some picks that you and I potentially disagree with at that current ADP or so. And sure. uh, just talk about strategy. Also something we changed from last year is again, this is a listener league but this is a different league than last year. Last year we were single quarterback. This year we turned it up to a super flex. Now I know for sure because people were hitting me up in this league, not a lot of people in these two leagues have played or drafted super flex yet mm. in a real draft. They maybe did a couple of mocks, but no real drafts. So that was interesting to see how the quarterbacks actually come off the board and how rosters change. Most kind of a, a, a extreme example is the way I had my draft in this one that we'll get to in just a little bit because a lot of people go early or they fade and go late and, and pile up. So it'll be interesting to uh, to see here. But overall, before we get into this, man, we're going to break down everybody's team here real quick. We have, you know, 24 teams to cover quickly. So we'll try to just do a couple of minutes on each team. But how do you guys feel about your team? Was it just you drafting? Was it you and, and Eric and Alex and Josh? Did you have a full crew available or were you just handling it? Or did somebody else do your draft? Yeah, dude. So, well, so at this point, there's, there's really four of us that are sort of commanding the commish podcast at this point. Um, and we're about to roll in Desmond, who's going to be our fifth to help out with the He's new great. segment that we're rolling out with, which is the commish bet. So we're going to end up actually having sort of a DraftKings series or just sort of a betting series as well. And that'll be Alex and Desmond during the NFL season. But for this draft, it was just uh, Josh and myself running this one together. I had him on zoom. We were talking through all the picks and Alex and Eric were off doing a live episode with Jemo, the icon, and if anybody knows Jemo, he's on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, pretty, you know, pr pretty, pretty notable inside of the inside of the uh, social media community. But basically, uh, before we get into the draft picks, we're at that point now, Sky, and I'm sure you and Lucas can understand this. That we're we're divide and conquer now. It's like there's there's just like too many things that are needed at at all times. And you know, now that we're officially into the fantasy football season, where Alex, myself, Josh, Eric, we all have to divide and conquer on the number of things that we are asked to do. And so Josh and I, you know, basically had to take this one on our own. It would have been great to have Alex and Eric, but we went ahead and did this. So off the rip, um, you know, I guess I'll just skip ahead. We were pick number nine, and I seemingly keep getting the back end of picks this year. So Same. I, Same. Crazy. I, this is like, for whatever, yeah. Yeah, so for whatever reason, we just ended up with the last, uh, or, you know, ninth pick in this case out of, out of 12. But I kept, you know, I ended up with the last pick of my homely draft. I think we ended up somewhere – at six or seven mark in the dynasty league. Uh, and so we were ninth here. And at this point I was kind of expecting us to be in a conundrum with, do we go running back or do we go wide receiver? And so at the eighth pick was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I already have two shares of him in another league. And so obviously that's off the board. The only other guy that I was really considering here was Derek Henry, but then we have Michael Thomas ready to go. And so I talked to Josh We're like, you know what, let's go high upside. We'll take Michael Thomas as a surefire, um, you know, weekly, you know, weekly 20 point person. And so we went ahead and did that. Although I do love Derek Henry this year. And uh, it's crazy to see that he was actually Lucas's pick in the second round. I was surprised that you actually passed on him. Um, although I know, I know T, T Adams is your guy. So, and then Lucas obviously kind of going with that modified zero RB strategy, taking Derek Henry in the second round, but we felt good about Michael Thomas knowing that we'll have a couple of running backs to choose from on the second round. And we end up going Miles Sanders, who, you know, he's one of those guys that has that hamstring problem. So we're hoping that, you know, that's just day to day. It seems like it is at the moment. If he gets a full workload of practice in tomorrow, which would be Friday. So today when this thing airs, um, you know, people just keep an eye on that. If you do have Miles Sanders, if he does practice in full, you know, feel free to lock and load him for Sunday. 
Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, having Michael Thomas, no matter the format, Michael Thomas at the ninth pick is ridiculous. And uh, we'll go through yeah. my team and we'll go through Lucas's team and yours a little bit more in depth. But I did like once the draft kind of went there, you guys had the ability still at the back end of the draft to go with basically Derrick Henry or any other running back there sure. outside of the top six. But you went with the top uh, wide receiver in a full PPR league, which I think is smart. So I thought that was a good move there. Let's start at the front, though, man. Let's start with uh, no su for you. And I believe that's no sue for you. Uh, and Dominican Sue got the first pick this year. Of course, Christian McCaffrey off the board there. But let's just kind of blaze through his team real quick, man. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, Kelsey, Nuke Hopkins, Mark Ingram. He went with Drew Brees, his first quarterback in the fifth round. A.J. Green in the sixth. Thought that was a little bit of a reach with who was available. J.K. Dobbins mm -hmm. in the seventh. So he's got that nice handcuff with Ingram and Dobbins there. He goes Burrow in the eighth. Now that might sound crazy to anybody not familiar with Superflex, but by that point there's about 20 plus quarterbacks off the board. So eighth round Burrow I thought was nice. And then he goes Marlon Mack. And then he kind of, you know, piles up on the receivers with Shepard Ruggs, Harry and Jalen Rager to end up his draft. He's got Sam Darnold as his third pick. So really quick, Chris, what was maybe your favorite pick of this team and maybe a, a, a pick that you might've faded at the, at the ADP? Yeah, definitely. Well, look, I, it's it really interesting as well because I've been seeing this a lot in normal drafts, which is the McCaffrey-Kelsey stack, it, which is, you know, continuously happening here at the back end of the second round. Dude, I like that a lot. I, I just feel like, I feel like the way that tight ends are rolling this year, I mean, yeah, like you, you will probably get a, Dal a Darren Waller or, you know, a Zach Ertz type situation where a guy will kind of come up. But Travis Kelsey is, is about as safe as it gets. He's basically, especially with Nuke Hopkins going back to back here, which I'm sure he had in his mind, he's basically getting two premium wide receivers mm -hmm. uh, for the price of one, essentially. So as far as I'm concerned, I love those two picks. I do agree with you, though. I, I think he's reaching on the A.J. Green scenario. I know, Sky, you like A.J. Green, but even you would admit that that's probably a little bit high yeah. for his wide receiver, too, primarily because I think it's a little bit of a risk in, in just, you know, you don't know if he's going to play or not. It's, and you don't know what's going to happen as far as his age and, and his, his previous injuries. Just too much of a risk as far as, uh, you know, again, to your, to your point, a lot of guys still on the board that I probably would have went upside. Like, he could have, you know, he could have taken – he could have J.K. Dobbins, Ben Roethlisberger, and not had to have gone Joe Burrow, right? That could have been an option for him because Ben Roethlisberger went two picks later. So um, that's the only pick, really. I like the rest of his team, though. His team, his team looks pretty nice. I like that he's stacked up on high-end wide receivers that have potentially, um, you know, high upside. I think the only good floor play here is Sterling Shepard that he took in the 10th round. And uh, you know that I'm a proponent for Sterling Shepard. For those of you um, who have draft, drafted Sterling Shepard who haven't heard my take on him, Sterling Shepard, when played, was a top 20 wide receiver until he got hurt. So basically, you know, you're drafting a guy with a very nice floor, not necessarily a high upside, but will get you, you know, a nice solid you know, 12 to 15 points when he does play. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be seen about Ruggs, Nikhil Harry, and Jalen Rieger, who are his last three wide receivers, all of which I love if they were in the back end of my draft. So good for him. I like his draft overall, um, and especially the McCaffrey-Kelsey uh, situation up at the top. I agree. I got to say, I mean, I look in this final round here, and again, we're going to roll through every team, but I'm looking down here. Jerry Judy was picked in the last round of this draft. Jalen Rager is also, is also picked in the last round. Of course, Jalen Rager a little bit banged up, but both of those guys now with Cortland Sutton getting hurt, Jer Judy obviously bumps up, and then we have Jalen Rager. When Rager's healthy, I think this might be the steal of the draft right away, and it was literally yeah. the last pick of the entire draft was Jalen Rager. I thought that was a phenomenal value there, so I, I like that a lot. He also got three potentially four number ones with the last four uh, uh, out of his five picks with Shepard, uh, Ruggs, 
Harry and Rigger. So you yeah, know, risk, exactly. risky there, yeah. risky there, but I, I did like it overall. So solid pick there from um, no Sue for you. All right, let's go with D Stancato here. Number two overall Saquon Barkley, no surprise there. He goes back to back quarterbacks here. And this, I got to be honest, bro, this busted my balls here. Cause we go through the first round and I was like, you know, I'm on, I had 11 and again, we'll go through my team in a little bit. I had my 11th pick. I was like, I'm not going to go quarterback right away because there's just so many available. And at that time, only Mahomes and Jackson went off in the first round, which is pretty standard for Superflex leagues. So I was thinking, eh, there's still four of the top six guys left. I'm happy with any of them. Somebody's going to fall back to me in the second, in the, in the third round. Yep. I was wrong. <laughs> I no, was yeah. wrong, which then turned into my strategy, which we'll get into a bit, but he goes back to back. So he goes Russell Wilson. Then he goes Deshaun Watson back to back. I thought that was excellent and huge upside floor there. Obviously uh, combos with both of those guys, two top six quarterbacks, smart and super flex. Then he goes with Melvin Gordon's his RB two. I think that was smart. I don't like Melvin Gordon as my one, but I like it too. His uh, wide receivers. I think he got away with it here. Uh, he goes woods, and then Devontae Parker, a little bit later, he goes Jarvis Landry and Jamison Crowder. Throws in Cam Akers there, Evan Ingram, Matt Breida, Derek Carr, Duke Johnson, and Golden Tate to finish out his draft. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. That double up in a super flex league I thought was real smart. So going Russ and Watson back-to-back I thought was easily the win of the draft for me. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so I, I have not been someone who, if anybody listens to, uh, you know, as far as TCK Potters, you come and check out the commish pod. I am definitely the, the one of our group who is uh, not as high on Deshaun Watson as the others. Josh, Eric, very high on Deshaun Watson. I am not particularly in a league like this. So in our home league, we play overall points. That's where Deshaun Watson shines. Um, I do like him overall as a QB in fantasy, although I would not have taken him above guys like Josh Allen or Matt Ryan or Tom Brady in this particular league. And the reason for that only is because uh, he, so, all right, if you go to the playerprofiler.com, look up some of the advanced stats, Deshaun Watson is actually one of the more volatile, volatile QBs in the league, meaning, yeah, he'll get you, you know, he can put up a 40 point stat line on you, but he also, I think, I think he finished outside the top 24 or 25 last year, like four or five times. Uh, and so to me in a head to head matchup, it's, it's actually quite concerning knowing that you're in a two QB league. Um, the benefit though, I will say this, the benefit of a two QB league is that if your one quarterback doesn't do well, your other quarterback will, will pick you up. And the fact that he did get a safe floor quarterback with Russell Wilson does help that. So he does have high upside in Deshaun Watson. If you're in a one QB league, I'm obviously much more nervous about Deshaun Watson, but him having Russell Wilson there to help him out in case Deshaun Watson does have one of those scenarios where he doesn't play quite the way he normally should, um, especially with a Hopkins list wide receiving core. Uh, yeah. So that's the only concern I have with Watson, but the rest of the, the rest of the uh, um, roster here looks pretty good. I like Robert Woods. I like Jarvis Landry. I like, we call him corn chowder on, on the commission pod, Jameson Crowder. Uh, not necessarily in love with Melvin Gordon, but I'll take it. He's got Saquon Barkley. Um, overall, like the team. Probably fading Evan Ingram a little bit. Not sure what he's going to provide, but overall, good team. I agree. Ninth round for Evan Ingram, though. Why not? You know? Yeah, it's just, you know, exactly. Yeah, and I, and I listened to you guys this today, and, and Lucas is like, you know, you got Evan Ingram, you got to play him, which I agree with. He apparently looks very good in training camp at the moment. Then again, he did last year as well and got hurt. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, he stays healthy. He's one of my favorite tight ends. It is unfortunately, or I don't know about unfortunately, but it is the time of year where there's A.J. Green, Evan Ingram, uh, 
you know, a number of guys, um, James <laughs> right. Connor, uh, whoever, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys at each position that have injury concerns that people may be faded in drafts. And I'm definitely one of them who faded some people, but look, it's week one. If they're healthy, it's right now, right? Play them until they're not healthy. And the, the reality is Evan Ingram fell to the ninth round. Look, we all know that he's a top five tight end. If he gives you 14 games and like for, for D Sancato here, it's like, look, ninth round, why not? You know what I mean? And if he gets hurt, if, yeah. he, if he gets hurt, you go stream one of the other six tight ends anyway. So I like that pick a lot. All right, Definitely. let's move down the list here. We got Paul Borowski, 14. My man was in the, uh, in the semis the last two years. Unfortunately, he's been upended both of the last two years, but he was a, the, a, the uh, runner-up the last two years. He goes Mahomes here, so first quarterback off the board, number three overall. Then he goes with Austin Eckler, James Conner, great running back duo there. Juju and Amari Cooper. I think we're all fading Amari Cooper overall, but look, in the fifth round is your wide receiver too with this kind of a team in general. I think that was a great pick there with the upside if he stays healthy. Hayden Hurst. In the uh, sixth round, it looks like he had been doing his research because ADP generally has him in like the 12th round. So that was a good pick from him. Big yep. Ben and Cam back-to-back in the seventh and eighth. So he's loaded at quarterback, obviously. Patrick Mahomes, Big Ben, and Cam Newton, if everyone stays healthy. Tariq Cohen, Marvin Jones, uh, Miko Hardman, Mike Kosicki, Chris Thompson, and Robbie Anderson to round out the rest of this. Uh, taking Mahomes in the third pick, I think was smart. I like those running backs a lot, receivers and the tight end. I think he's got a great core. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, obviously in this format, Patrick Mahomes at the third pick works 10 times out of 10. Uh, And so, yeah, I have zero complaints with this team. I think, you know, it's really interesting. A healthy James Conner dude can be a league winner because he's falling to the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. And if he stays healthy and provides that top 10 upside like we're used to, man, yeah, forget about it. Like anybody who has James Conner, you know (laughs) – Enter, enter, enter the room, uh, the, the championship room. So I totally agree. I totally good agree. Good for him. Let's move on to Hayden Zeke here. Goes with Zeke Elliott up front at the uh, fourth pick. Goes Julio Jones and Chris Godwin back to back. Gotta love that in full PPR. Absolutely. Le'Veon Bell in the fourth round. Tyler Lockett after that. Then he goes quarterbacks. Three of the next four picks in the sixth round. Matt Stafford. Seventh round. Carson Wentz. Ninth round. Garner Minshew. Um, Matt Stafford. I feel the most comfortable with Garner. Uh, Gardner Minshew, of course, has the, the huge upside potentially, uh, and Carson Wentz, you know, good while he's healthy. So that was a good core there. Marquise Brown in the middle of that, and then Tyler Higby down in the 10th round. Again, he might fall off a little bit from where he was in the last five games of the year, but in the 10th round, I th- thought that was great value there. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, the 11th, Preston Williams, my guy. My, maybe the only miss of the draft here was that I skipped on him because I thought he'd come back. But Preston Williams in the 12th was awesome. Jarek McKinnon and Benny Snell after that. I think, again, I think, um, this is a really solid core, like, weekly floor team. There's not a ton of upside. Of course, Z could have a huge game. Julio could have a huge game. But there's not a ton of, like, massive upside on this team. But I think it's one of the best floors maybe in the league. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think the guy who uh, – he has two players in particular, and I just don't know how he's going to flex these players. But Marquise Brown and Deshaun Jackson can give him that upside that he's lacking in the front of his draft. Uh, and so it just depends on if he hits, that's it. You know, that's pretty much what it comes down to when, when you hit upside, it's like, like, I don't know if you remember last year, John Brown went off, popped off like 30 something points or, you know, in, in like week fucking 12 or something. Right. It's like most people probably didn't start John Brown. Right. It's whether or not you start that player that pops off. He's got Marquise Brown, Deshaun Jackson that can help him get, you know, win those weeks while, you know, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones and, and Zeke give him that sort of high floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be up to him on, on if he manages it correctly. 
Yep, I totally agree. Let's move on to Brady for Prez at the fifth pick overall. Dalvin Cook. This was an interesting pick here. I don't think it was a reach by any means, but Lamar Jackson's still on the board. Alvin Kamara's still on the board. CEH on the board. All the receivers on the board went for Dalvin Cook. So that's a lot of confidence, obviously, there. Kyler Murray goes off the board here as the fifth quarterback in the eighth round. Or I'm sorry, the fourth quarterback. Uh, George Kittle after that, Todd Gurley, then Zach Ertz. So he gets two of the top four or five tight ends. Smart move there to kind of corner the position. I like that. Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, Debo Samuel, who should be healthy in the eighth round. Phillip Rivers, Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Chris Herndon, as well as Naheem Hines. So again, I thought not a not a reach by the way of you know fantasy people term the word per se, but I did. I mean, I would have taken Kamara, Lamar Jackson, Ceh, maybe even Michael Thomas over yeah. Dalvin Cook there at the fifth spot. But he got his guy. If, if Cook's his guy, he got his guy. I like Kyler Murray a lot there, of course, um, to bolster that that QB one spot, and then. I mean, if you're going to go tight end to get Kittle and Ertz is, is pretty beefy. Yeah, I agree. So he, you know, and, and so I am actually playing Brady for Prez uh, in week one, and he is starting Kittle and Kel, uh, sorry, Kittle and Ertz mm-hmm. uh, in the same sort of, you know, in, in the flex spot and then obviously in the tight end spot. So um, he clearly sort of sacrificed the, you know, a potential flex to go with a high upside tight end, which obviously detracts from everybody else in the draft. So interesting strategy overall. Um, uh, and so that, you know, could obviously work out in his favor. I actually like that because it's a bit risky, right? So it could pay out. But the, the flip side is that you are right. He's got running backs outside of Antonio Gibson that could fade out by midseason. So uh, who knows? You know, Todd Gurley, does he last? Question mark. Does Dalvin Cook kill you in the fucking playoffs again? Question mark. Like, you just don't know. So I agree with you. I think, you know, a safer choice would have probably been Kamara, maybe even CEH, but definitely Michael Thomas. Um, or, you know, Lamar Jackson at that point. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see. Again, it's a lot of wait and sees right now for some of these guys. Absolutely. B, Pelkey, my man Pelkey coming in at the sixth pick here. Alvin Kamara does go off the board right away. Then Aaron Jones, Mike Evans, then Leonard Fournette. That first four is pretty nuts. If Mike Evans is actually healthy, which we will I'd even see. even first five. We will see. And, okay, great. Darren Waller as well. I think that was yeah. a, a really nice start. Uh, to his draft there. T.Y. Hilton, Devin Singletary, Gronk, Daniel Jones, T. Higgins in the 10th. I thought that was early, but, you know, that's my dog if, if uh, A.J. Green goes down. Sony Michelle, also risky, but, look, you just never know with the Patriots. Emmanuel Sanders, question marks. Dwayne Haskins, we'll see um, as your, your uh, second quarterback. And then Jerry Judy just got a bump, obviously, with uh, Cortland Sutton's situation. So top-heavy, but not a lot of depth. Yeah, I agree. I, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. Top-heavy, but not a lot of depth. It's uh... – you know, he's the opposite of an egg. <laughs> I like it. All right, Curly comes in here at number seven. Lamar Jackson still on the board at one uh, at one seven in a super flex league. Very, very unusual. Curly smashes that. Goes Lamar Jackson. I love that pick, absolutely. Uh, then he goes Kenyon Drake after that. I've got him as a top seven running back. I like it a lot. Three nice wide receivers right after that. Kenny Galladay, assuming he's healthy. Allen Robinson and DK Metcalf. David Montgomery. Now I know that Curly likes David Montgomery a lot anyway, and it also looks like he's healing with that groin a lot quicker than we thought he would originally. So to get him in the sixth round, I thought was actually nice value. He is also prepared to not play him for a couple of weeks, for the, which I think is, is smart. Jared Goff after that, Jordan Howard, Latavius Murray, and then he gets Deontay Johnson, Chase Edmonds, the uh, Kenyon Drake handcuff, Jonu Smith, Boston Scott, and Ryan Fitzmagic. 
So again, another kind of top heavy draft, but I do think there's sprinkles. Uh, Latavius Murray, obviously top five running back. If Kamara goes down, Jordan Howard, not sexy, but great floor play. Jared Goff could sober up this year and smash again. He's got the handcuff for his top running back. Jonah Smith is one of my favorite streaming tight ends all season. Boston Scott could be the guy if he needs it. And David Montgomery could be a great value here if he's healthy after say week two or three. So Overall, I think that this team was pretty solid. And, of course, Lamar, Kenyon Drake, and those receivers, I think, is a great uh, top heavy. Yeah, dude, 100%. Um, outside of which the, the guy we'll talk about next, Hawk Dolliday, uh, Curly has one of the best teams, I think, in the draft. Um, and so I think he's balanced. I think he has – I think he's got – I actually think he's got some depth depending on – again, uh, I want – I believed in Doug Peterson thus far this season, but it could be a – you know, Boston Scott could come in and take some time away from mm-hmm. Miles Sanders as the season goes on. And he got him in the, what, the 13th round. Uh, Cheese Almonds, Chase Edmonds, um, you know, who knows what Drake, right? I mean, we think Drake is the guy, but he, we've not seen it in a full season. So Chase Edmonds has had, you know, and popped off a few times during the season. Jordan Howard, look, I, you know, I know, I know Breed is there, but Jordan Howard is is a bit of a workhorse, and Miami's probably going to you know throw uh, run the ball a little bit. So, uh, Jordan Howard, and I think will probably get a lot of the goal line carries. So, uh, even if David Montgomery does take his time, I still think he's got some nice play in um, you know in Jordan Howard, Latavius Murray. He's got you know Drake's back back up and, and Chase uh, Chase Edmonds. Good team. I like his team. I agree. And, and uh, you know, Jordan Howard, while not sexy for fantasy football, steady RB2, and he could he could actually fall in for three touchdowns any given week. So Yeah, exactly. But as you mentioned, with Marquise Brown and Deshaun Jackson, uh, a few uh, teams go with Hyden Zeke, you have to actually play Jordan Howard <laughs> to get those yeah, points. And exactly. in fantasy football, and especially, you know, a, a high-powered full PPR league, which this is, it's hard to pull the trigger on Jordan Howard before bye weeks kick in. But again, while he's healthy, I think he should be fine. And I, I really do think that the, the Dolphins have a chance to surprise here in real uh, football and fantasy. Yeah, agreed. Well. All right, Hawk Dolliday comes in here, CEH eight off the board. Then he goes with Nick Chubb. I think that's a great combo personally. Thielen and Cooper Cup. After that is his receivers. Look, we know that these guys are tried and true. Both of them have been top ten uh, quite a bit on a weekly basis for fantasy football. But both, I think, have extreme question marks there. So I, I want to sure, see yeah. what his I want to see what his depth looks like down the draft. Now, three quarterbacks in a row. Again, this is super flex. Three quarterbacks in a row. Josh Allen, your boy. He goes with Aaron Rodgers and then Baker Mayfield. So three in a row. Big upside. Nice floors should have a bounce back for Baker. We'll see what happens, but good rushing floor, good deep opportunities and good kind of a, you know, steady option. I think this year with uh, uh, Stefanski with, with Baker Mayfield there. Uh, Rojo goes in the eighth round. He's got Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman Jr., Denzel Mims, and Brian Edwards. So again, a lot of kind of, you know, three rookies, so unproven there. And then Brandon Cooks who's beat up, of course, and then Darrell Henderson and Ian Thomas to end out the draft. So I like uh, most of this team, but I do have – here's the deal. This is the quintessential fantasy team. If this team stays healthy, it's going to smash. <laughs> but there's too many options. Thielen, Cup, maybe one of the quarterbacks. What does Rojo do? Brandon Cooks is already hurt. Did the rookies pan out? Is Ian Thomas actually going to be Greg Olson or not? There's so many question marks. Too many question marks for one roster, in my opinion. Although, CEH and Chubb, I think, is a smash back-to-back running back strategy. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah, so, so looking at his draft in terms of, I think, uh, starting depth, I should say, if that is even a term, uh, as far as I'm concerned, again, as long as everyone, quote unquote, air quote, stays healthy, he looks very good on paper, right? So he's got CEH and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb as, as your running back too, I like a lot. I think, 
I think people were confusing Nick Chubb for a surefire RB1 just based on his overall rushing stats. And obviously that combined with Kareem Hunt playing a full season will probably tear into that, but he's your RB2. And so CEH, Nick Chubb off the rip. Again, Adam Thielen and Cooper Cup, they stay healthy and they get their volume. I think, you know, these are two top 15 wide receivers. And then here's where I think he separates himself. I think Josh Allen in the fifth and then Aaron Rodgers. Dude, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of seeing a a bounce back season from Aaron Rodgers this year as far as stats go. I don't know about wins, but stats. Uh, And then if he needs to, we can flex Baker Mayfield. I think that was probably a bit early. He could have, you know, he could have probably waited on Baker Mayfield. Maybe went with the James White to shore up a little bit of that. Um, that running back core, which we took him next, so no worries there. Uh, but yeah, overall, overall, again, and like, again, Brandon Cooks is another guy. If he stays healthy, you know, he could smash his ADP this season. Yep. So I think as far as his starters go, he looks very good on paper, whether or not, you know, that holds up. Of course, we say whether or not, it never does. Mm-hmm. So his depth is a little bit iffy. I do agree with that. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about the Kamish FFP team here. We talked about sure. Michael Thomas off the bat. We talked about uh, Miles Sanders as well. So your first two picks. So again, you get a, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, six running backs, the two top quarterbacks. You guys are up first. You decided to pull the trigger on Michael Thomas. I agree with that. Totally coming yep. around the, the bend here. We got a bunch of running backs off. You go Miles Sanders over Nick Chubb, Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. So it'd be interesting to hear about that. After mm-hmm. that, you go Chris Carson, my boy, A.J. Brown in the fourth round. Love that if he pans out, of course. Back-to-back quarterbacks as well. Pretty common strategy throughout this draft uh, with multiple teams here. So once people decided to take a quarterback, they took at least two. So you went Matt Ryan in the fifth. Love that. And he went with your boy Brady in the sixth. Smart. You got our dog, James White, in the seventh. Good pick there. Philip Lindsay, who may be the starter question mark we'll see what happens there Mm -hmm. will fuller who again i mean talk about stay healthy i mean this guy could be the the top five wide receiver if he stays healthy austin hooper and tj hawkinson late anthony miller and steven sims is some late round draft picks and then tua just in case later in the league so you know from an outsider perspective again i like the team a lot you guys know we love james white here on the program i do think that, that there's some great kind of last um you know, flyers at the end. Will Fuller, great flyer. Austin Hooper, we'll see what happens, but great flyer. TJ Hawkinson, same thing. Anthony Miller, same thing. Steven Sims, I think, is kind of like the unsung hero of Could fantasy be, yeah. football right now. I mean, nobody's yeah. talking about him and to do the beast. And then, mm-hmm. you know, up top, you know, Michael Thomas, you can't go wrong with that. I'm not a Miles Sanders guy personally, but I'll hear you out. Chris Carson, again, while he's healthy, fine. And A.J. Brown, you know, could could absolutely smash. So, yeah. overall, I think this this team was, uh, was awesome. And um, – you know, best believe we were, uh, we were, or I was going for James White two picks later if you didn't pick him. I think yeah, well, I heard, uh, I heard Lucas crying from Iowa as soon as we smashed that button. Exactly. So yeah, no, I, uh, so first of, yeah, I appreciate the breakdown. Um, so, so I think he, all right. So again, I think this is, this could be like confirmation bias, a bubble here that we created in the commission. We collectively are, are high in Miles Sanders. We've been watching very closely what they're doing in Philadelphia. They did not draft a running back. They did not go out and get additional people. We thought they were going to get Freeman, and, you know, sign other dudes. Never happened. Sanders is the guy, obviously, with this sort of hamstring problem that's creeping up. We, you know, didn't know that that was going to be a thing. So, unfortunately, we didn't have that information. But nevertheless, you know, again, if he practices fully tomorrow, he is locked and loaded. He's just someone that, based on all the – all the not just the, not just what's being said, like a Bruce Arians has, quote-unquote, being said, but they are literally doing the things that they are saying – and so that's as, that's as best as you can do or as best as you can read as a fantasy football player. 
is understand that when they say something, do they do that thing? Actions speak louder than the words. They've been doing it in Philadelphia. So we felt comfortable going with Miles Sanders up until that point. Then around the bend on Chris Carson, really, it was kind of a coin toss. We were thinking about David Johnson or even going with a, uh, a wide receiver here. But we felt we needed some depth on the running back side. So we went with Chris Carson more so because Josh was instilling some confidence in me. I've not, I have not been personally someone who's been high on Chris Carson. He's got some fumble problems. Well, Fumbaruski over there in Seattle, and they went and picked up Carlos Hyde, I think, for, um, you know, to lighten that workload on, uh, on Chris Carson. And also, I've been hearing, of course, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot more in, in Seattle. We've been talking about DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett smashing it this season. So, overall, I wasn't necessarily too high on Chris Carson, but getting him at the back end of the third round as your wider, uh, excuse me, running back two, we liked him, and we knew that we were going to get either James White or Philip Lindsay somewhere in in the back end of like, you know, the seventh or eighth, which is actually where we got both guys. And look, fellas and or ladies, that's why, uh, this is why mock drafting helps. Cause we knew just after doing so many mock drafts that we were going to get at least an upside white Howard Rojo, someone Latavius Martin, anybody, someone with PPR upside in the back end of those, those sort of like later rounds where if we took Chris Carson and he doesn't pan out, we can plug and play him with someone else in the RB2 spot. So that's kind of what we went with, and that's why we took Chris Carson. A.J. Brown, obviously, I've been super high on him. He's my dark horse top 10 finisher, I think, for this season. Uh, as long as, again, another guy who stays healthy, um, I think with that run game, Tannehill, the efficiency, I think all of that works out in A.J. Brown's favor. And then, obviously, we go back to back. We went Matt Ryan for obvious reasons. They're the most pass-happy team in the entire league. And then we couldn't let our boy Tom Brady go any further than where we went. It was either going to be him or we just didn't like what was ahead of uh, or behind him. We didn't, obviously aren't going to draft Matt Stafford or Rodgers before Brady. And we didn't like, you know, the, we didn't like Montgomery. We didn't like T.Y. Hilton. We didn't like Terry McLaurin. We didn't like Devontae Parker, or A.J. Green as far as wide receivers went. Um, and we weren't going to go um, uh, tight end at this point either. So we decided to go Tom Brady. It felt like the best pick at the time. And so we smashed that. And we got our two quarterbacks out the way. Uh, and then, yeah, man, this is kind of where we want. We started to go some upside here and some floor safety protection, depending on the position. So we, we decided to shirt the floors on running backs, got James White, Philip Lindsay, and then we went upside with Will Fuller and Anthony Miller. Uh, we're actually starting Will Fuller tonight. So when this airs, we'll know if that's a good decision or not. So, you know, people are listening to this. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but we think that the floor, uh, sorry, the upside of Will Fuller playing tonight against uh, what should be a high-scoring game will play out in Wolf Fuller's favor. So, yeah, dude, I mean, this is the team we assembled, you know. I think uh, – and we took two We took two late simply because Josh has it projected that he will end up taking over the starting role after the bye week, which will be week yep. 10. So if he does play, we'll have him in the back end where we'll need him to fill in for Tom Brady or Matt Ryan after I think, I think they have week nine as the bye week. So yep. that's the reason we took Tua. Um, and then, yeah, Steve Sims, obviously a flyer, but we'll see what happens there. So projected the most this week, my man. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a uh, nice, nice picture with James White and, and Philip Lindsay. And I'm going to get to my team here in two after we break down uh, Drew Reb. Um, but I, I didn't pick James White. I went Tyler Boyd basically over James White only because – I had a couple wider or running backs and I thought basically he would just fall back again because I had mocked a million times and I thought I would have a chance, but uh, you know, I'm playing with pros here. So I, I should have, should have known better, but uh, I like the squad. I think it's going to be great. And again, um, if you're, you're, uh, you're 
both of your quarterbacks do not have a bye until week 10. So you can really ride that combo for a long time. And we know that, you know, for the last decade plus yep. uh, Matt Ryan and, and Tom Brady have been just fine. I like that a lot. All right, man, let's speed this up a little bit. Drew Reb here coming in Tyreek Hill. Number 10, I know for a fact that Drew Reb is a big Tyreek Hill guy in general. I personally would have gone Tay Adams, which I did the pick right after him. I also probably would have gone a number of running backs. I probably would have even gone Julio Jones um, over uh, Tyreek Hill, but I know that Drew Reb is that guy. Drew Reb actually took down the league uh, two years ago, so he knows what he's doing. He went with the 10th pick there. Then he went uh, three running backs in a row, Josh Jacobs, David Johnson, and Jonathan Taylor. Love that pick in the fourth round. Then he goes with DJ Chark and Stephon Diggs. Question marks there, of course, but huge upside for both. Noah Fant, Hunter Henry, and Jared Cook for his tight ends. on Johnson with a flyer in the eighth round. Kirk Cousins, his first quarterback in the ninth round, which would have been the latest uh, quarterback, first quarterback picked if I wasn't in the league. And then we had Rashad Penny, Tevin Coleman, and John Brown late. So, again, very top-heavy roster. I think it looks yep. great, but not a ton of depth. Yep, totally agree. Got it. All right, I was up next. Lucas and I were on the turn. We randomly generated this a week before the draft and put it out, and it turned out that Lucas and I were back-to-back -back at the 11 and 12 spot. He and I actually had a conversation about if, if, he, had a, if he had a preference, if I had a preference, if we wanted to just switch places, basically, um, because he and I know exactly what each other wants to do, <laughs> of course, and yep. – uh, and, um, so we thought about, but we stayed put. I got 11, he got 12. So I went with Tay Adams at 11. And here's the deal with this draft. It is the TCK pod listener league. I've been running the podcast for three years and I've been, you know, uh, involved with half of this league in general for, for longer than that. So I had to, the, my intention for this draft was not a strategy per se, as far as positional breakdown, like zero RB or QB heavy or any of that stuff. It was strictly get the guys that I've been repping on the podcast best I can. That was my strategy Yeah, because I wanted to write it out best I can and be truthful and see what happens. So I went with Tay Adams. That's my dog. I have him as my number one receiver. I went with it. Joe Mixon, as you know, you and I have gone back and forth all summer about Joe Mixon. Had to go with him number two. Personally, I thought about Nick Chubb. I thought about Kenyon Drake, but Nick Chubb, I had to get him, or I'm sorry, uh, Joe Mixon, I had to get him in the, in the second round on the turn. Odell Beckham Jr. Had to grab him in the third round. Didn't want him in the third round. Thought about it in the fourth. If he would have lasted, probably wouldn't have. But I've talked so much about Odell bouncing back. Had to go with him in the third. Ridley in the fourth. I've been stoked all summer. I've got him in almost every league in the fourth round. I'm stoked about that. He Mostert and Kareem Hunt back-to-back as -back my second and third running backs. I like that a lot in the fifth and sixth. Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup back-to-back -back in the seventh and eighth. The only thing I would have changed about this is getting James White. But you got him. So I went with... Uh, Tyler Boyd and Michael Gallup back-to-back, -back, who honestly, I think eventually this season, both those guys could be the true number one on each of their teams. So I like that as my fourth and fifth receiver. Zach Moss getting great rave reviews out of uh, Baltimore, or, uh, Baltimore uh, Buffalo. I think he's going to be just fine as well. A nice PPR back. And then I did not have a quarterback in a super flex league, did not have a quarterback dude, all the wild. way through the 10th round. Now, here's and I, dude, here, all right. So, so before, before you even get there, yes, yeah, sorry, I would say before you even get to the explanation, uh, just for listeners to understand what Josh and I were thinking at that point, we were like, dude, literally, we were like, the fuck is Sky doing? <laughs> like, why is, why is he punting it? So go ahead. I, we, you and I have not talked about this, so I'm very curious to know why. You know, it's interesting because this was super unintentional. It's yeah. just it, and this is just how I feel about the players I picked before him. This was strictly looking at the board. And now look, I, I'm not gonna count them up really quick, but I went with Ryan Tannehill in the 10th, Drew Locke in the eleventh, Justin Herbert in the thirteenth, and Tyrod Taylor in the fourteenth. So the Chargers quarterback either way. 
Drew Locke and Ryan Tannehill are my four quarterbacks for basically three positions. Okay. Four of the last five positions. Now, once I got to about round seven and I started looking at the board, I'm like, okay, who's best available, right? All right. Sure. Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, Garner Minshew, whatever, Daniel Jones. I was like, okay, everybody in front of me has at least one quarterback. Most have already two. I'm going to get some of those guys. Well, what happened was, and I kept getting high PPR guys, in my opinion, I got, you know, a great RB2 and Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, and just a 49er homer pick, which I never do, but I went for it. Kareem Hunt, great RB uh, uh, PPR guy. Love and the then, Kareem Hunt pick. Yeah. And then, awesome. and then again, the Tyler Boyd and the Michael Gallup, like they oh, don't need incredible. to be my one and two. I've got Devontae Adams, Odo Beckham, and Calvin Ridley. If your, these guys your, take, Gallup, your Gallup pick was a steal. Dude, four to six weeks into the season, when bye weeks start coming up and stuff, all of a sudden those guys are my fillers. Those are not like bench depth pieces. Those are ones or high-end twos for high-powered offenses midway through the season. I was pumped on that. And then Zach Moss was around. I'm like, fuck it. I got to get the high-level rookie just in case he blows up. We see it every year that rookies blow up. So all of a sudden, I'm 10 rounds into this draft. I'm like, oh, shit. I should probably get a quarterback or four while I end up the draft here. And then, frankly, it just came down to, like, who's best available? I started looking at strength of schedule to start the season. I started looking at overall kind of rushing upside. Now, look, Ryan Tannehill is not going to throw for 5,000 yards. But he might rush for, you know, 600 in a full season and throw for, you know, 4,000. So I'll take that. Drew Locke. One of the most, you know, kind of high-powered offenses if Cortland Sutton ends up being healthy. A lot of hype there. I took the flyer on that. And then just the – I think Justin Herbert's going to be the dog eventually. and He's my guy. I'm a duck. He's a duck. I went for it. And Tyrod Taylor is my, is my starter this week to start because he's, he's facing, facing the Bengals. Yeah, I got him in the 14th round. So yep. I was thinking to myself, I wanted Mahomes. I wanted Lamar Jackson. I wanted any of the top six quarterbacks. All of those guys went off the board before I had my third pick. So I said, you know what? I'm going to punt for a little bit. Then I got like, well, shit, I could still get Calvin Ridley. Oh, shit, I could still get two high-powered like RB1s, arguably. Oh, shit, I still can get Tyler Boyd and Michael Gallup. All sure. of a sudden, I'm like, man, that's just how the draft fell to me. So it was not ideal. Yeah. I do not recommend drafting in Superflex the way that I did. I'm not <laughs> super pumped on Tannehill lock in the Chargers quarterback. But to be honest with you, I think it could have been worse. And all these guys have different levels of upside. And I think the rest of my team is going to make up for – who it was. And then in the middle there, I have Jack Doyle, who I just, you know, I grabbed, I think he's gonna be great while Trey Burton's out. So yeah, if I could have done it differently, I would have had any of the top six quarterbacks in the middle there, maybe instead of Odell or, or him or something like that, but it didn't fall that way. So I just kept writing out who was best available. Yeah. And no, I will say this dude is actually very interesting to watch and maybe just something, you know, again, whether or not people remember this in a year from now when they're drafting in their, you know, two QB league, super flex, next year but if the draft does happen to unfold the way it did exactly sort of how you explained it you actually did something very smart in this league which is you ended up stacking up on flex options or i should say streaming options at the end of the draft for your qbs which is going to be important when things shake out in the nfl which they always inevitably do so you have you know your primary starter in ryan Tannehill, and you have three other guys that you'll eventually need to stream but you can because you have that you you actually have that many options Absolutely. Yeah. And again, it just kind of fell to me. I did not necessarily plan on doing it this way, but that's how it went down. So I went for it. All right, man, let's jump into Lucas here and then we will wrap this up. All right. Lucas Kaser, defending champion, co-host of the TCK pod goes with Dak Prescott right off the bat. That was going to be my pick, but I was thinking to myself, because I know he likes to go zero RB. I figured he would go with two wide receivers. He did not. Uh, He went with a quarterback and then uh, big man, Derek Henry kind of surprised me there, but nonetheless, 
Dak Prescott, I thought was going to come back to me on my second round. That was who I was banking on. So I went with Tay Adams. He took Dak Prescott because probably he knew that I wanted him. And then he went with Derrick Henry. Um, and then after that, he, he tried, he went five rounds again without another running back true to his uh, moniker of, of zero RB. So DJ Moore, Mark Andrews, Cortland Sutton, again, banged up, but he's the Bronco fan. Keenan Allen in the sixth round. I'm not a huge Keenan Allen fan, but with Mike Williams banged up. Keenan Allen in the sixth round is ridiculous. Uh, he went with Jules. He was able to get his guy. Uh, I got Odell. He got Jules. So we're going we're gonna to have a true competition this summer. DeAndre Swift as a second running back straight up I don't like it at all I told him right away I didn't like that pick in the eighth round but that's what he went with Teddy Bridgewater is the second quarterback in the ninth CeeDee Lamb in the tenth and then he started going handcuffs Alexander Madison Tony Pollard Joshua Kelly who I think is a great steal there because you know if Eckler goes down I think Joshua Kelly might end up being the guy and then he goes with Mitch Trubisky in the 14th round because you never know what's going to happen with Mitch overall I like Lucas's team a lot clearly the guy knows what he's doing I'm not knocking the team overall but the pick Right here in the eighth round with DeAndre Swift. I mean, they bring in Adrian Peterson. They have on Johnson while he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Frankly, if I were him, I would have gone Zach Moss over DeAndre Swift. He loves Zach Moss. He didn't pick him. It came around on the turn. I had to swipe him because I knew he wasn't going to come back. Yeah, I totally agree, dude. Um, it's it's one of the. It's really funny. It's kind of like the and Lucas is going to appreciate this one. It's like it's like a Bill Belichick moment where like sometimes you don't understand it, but it it tends to work out for the guys who know what they're doing. So. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, you know, it's like even, you know, I don't know, a couple of these picks, like, I don't know, I don't know how high I am on Cortland Sutton anymore, or, you know, I don't know. I know Julian Edelman's his boy, so he's probably going to get him. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I feel good about his team. Not great, but that's, you know, but that's the thing. It's like Lucas knows what the fuck he's doing, so I'm not going to go here and question him. Yep, I totally agree. So that is the veterans, the TCK veterans breakdown of the uh, TCK pod. So again, we had all 12 teams here broken down. We had a super flex draft. And um, again, we are doing something different this year, which is real fun. The bottom four teams. So the ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th ranked ranked team at the end of the regular season. So not including playoffs at the end of the regular season, the nine, 10, 11, and 12th team uh, standings wise is going to be booted out of the veterans league. They're going to be dropped down to the rookie league the top four rookie teams at the uh, beginning of the playoffs, one, two, three, and four, those four teams will replace them. They will then be in the veterans league for next year. So it's like a pseudo dynasty survivor guillotine league that you have to stay eligible for. So I'm very, very excited about that. And um, Chris, we'll, we'll, we'll have to have you back here quick so we can drop in uh, on the rookie draft as well. We're getting a little long in the tooth on this one, but this is the TCK pod listen league veterans version. And this is the uh, draft breakdown and preview chris and i will be back with you every single friday to break down uh, all of these matchups in general but we wanted to break down the board chris before we get out of here on this one can you please remind everybody that doesn't know yet where they can find all the commission things yes sir thank you man always uh always happy to uh, to join you on the tck pod and very excited to uh continue this for the entire season so yeah anybody that wants to listen to our crew uh, shoot the shit. Go find us over on uh, you know all the notable platforms for podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google, the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Go check us out on our website www.thecommissionbrand.com, and go sign up for our newsletter. It drops every Tuesday. The playbook, uh, all the goodies that you need after the uh, the week is over. So we drop it Tuesday morning. We recap what happened on Monday. Talk about injuries, start sits, players to fade, players to pick up. Uh, you are welcome for all of that effort. We are putting it in every day. So 
Thank That's you. awesome, man. Yeah, you guys do a great, great job, and we're super excited to have you as a team member with the TCK Potters as well. Um, some of us, uh, you know, those that uh, bought the draft guides too are, are getting some one-on-one coaching here, and our DMs are starting to go off the hook. Tis the season. So yes. uh, make sure you go check out the Commish crew as well as you can find the TCK Pod stuff, as you all know, at on Instagram at FantasyFootball underscore TCK Pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. Draft guides still available for in-season and one-on-one coaching at TCKPod.com. And we appreciate all of the Listener League members, the Veteran League Breakdown Now, episode 259. We'll be back with you tomorrow for episode 260. And Chris and I will break down the rookie draft as well. For Chris Benavides and the rest of the Commish FFP, I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.